Welcome to another episode of The Artistic Director. I am sitting here. I forgot to ask you how to pronounce your last name because it's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. My last name is Shohet. Okay, so, oh, okay, that's actually easier than I yeah, thought. Yeah, it's, that. it, yeah. So I'm sitting here with Chad <laughs> Shohet. Chad, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, yeah. So for the listener who isn't familiar with you, uh, can you just describe your, um, your experience that led you to being the artistic director of homegrown theater, like in the performance world? So Homegrown Theater started uh, a bunch of Boise State graduates. Uh, we got together and we saw a need for, first of all, for work, because there's there's not a lot of professional opportunities in Boise. Yeah. A lot of times we can get a little bit of work, you know. If we're really lucky, we can get six, seven months out of the year working. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times, a lot of us would not be that fortunate. And a lot of times, a lot of us would go to New York or go to Chicago or go to L.A. And we would wait, wait for an opportunity and wait tables while that happened and get to audition every now and then, but not frequently. And it, it became clear to me that we needed another outlet, something that we could take into our own hands. First of all, to work so that, you know, when we get our, you know, extra audition or we get into the room for production, for rehearsal, um, it hasn't been, it hasn't been six months since the last time any of us were in rehearsal yeah. or the last time we had been a part of that kind of process. We wanted to be able to keep our tools nice and sharp. Kind of, kind of while that was happening, kind of while we were seeing that need for that, I was spending a lot of time at bars, I was spending a lot of time at um, concert venues, and I was talking to a lot of young people, people in their 20s, people in their like early 30s, who could not be convinced to go to a play. You know, I would, I would go to, anytime I would go to, a th go to the theater, go to a play, I would notice that I'm the youngest person here by 20, 30 years. And, and that's not chill, you know, that's not yeah. good. So, so I was, you know, why are young people, why are people my age? Like, I love this thing. Why don't they love this thing? And, you know, through talking to a lot of these people, I, I discovered that I think they do love this thing, but they don't know that they love this thing. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to create a, um, create a theater company that, makes plays for people who are young and people who don't know that they like theater while giving all of my friends work. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it kind of became this like beautiful, uh, meeting of meeting of worlds. Yeah. yeah. So, so how do you, like, how do you go about that sort of outreach? How do you get to a person that doesn't under, like, I, I like the idea of, a lot of young audiences, I think, have a misperception uh -huh. or a, an, in, not, not even an incorrect, just like a not complete perception of what theater is. Well, sure. It's, it's because that a lot of young people and, you know, I, I also will agree with a lot of this. They think that it's, you know, stuffy or boring yeah. or, or they're going to be producing Annie again yeah. or, or, or whatever, yeah. you know, and, and. And it's expensive. It's so expensive to to see theater, and that makes sense. It's expensive to produce theater. Like, yeah. like, like it costs you know 
ticket sales, like nowhere do ticket sales cover production costs. Like that's, that's such a tiny fraction, but it's still, it's still so expensive. People who are, who are making, you know, under 20,000 a year can't afford these big hefty season subscriptions, um, for, you know, four nights out of their year or something like that. It's, it's, it's not possible. So, so, you know, making price, you know, making plays that are specifically like for us, like what are, what are the plays that I would be really excited to see? And, and we make, we make those plays, a lot of them from scratch, you know, write and produce and work with really collaborative designer artists or actors, you know, like it's, we call ourselves playmakers. It's because it's, you know, we're, that's, that's our approach. But we, we, we take these ideas, what do we want to see? What would we want to see? Um, what speaks to us? And we, we go to non-traditional venues. Um, we got our start, really like our start with these ideas at uh, this terrible bar called The Red Room. And The Red Room was this place that was just like dirty and (laughs) so much graffiti on the walls and like it's it's main clientele would be you know like like goth kids uh bikers and homeless people like that was and and so we went there and we and we were actually invited there um we were invited to produce there and 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 uh, i'll tell you that story really quickly we were invited to do this puppet show before Halloween. This, the owner, I know, the owner of the, uh, or the booker loved puppetry and there's a band that he follows. Um, I'm not I'm like, I think they're called a like green jelly or something like that. And they yeah. use puppetry a lot in their shows, but, but not in the way that we understood puppetry or thought he was talking about. So, so he's like, come do some puppetry. You're opening for like the death metal bands. And we're like, this is the worst idea ever. Yeah. Um, so, so we put on this puppet show. We, we make it and, and I'll never in my life forget that first night doing this puppet, sh- puppet show. I've got a puppet on my hand. My, you know, one of my friends who's in the, in the show with me, Dakota, he and I are doing this scene and it's, it's just us. And nobody in the bar is listening. Like, like people are up, they're at the bar, they're dr- like playing pool. Like nobody could notice or care that we're up there. And, and in fact, like if we keep going, like like they've turned the music off. We keep going. They're they're gonna like start booing at us or yelling at us or heckling at us. And I remember like fighting so hard for their attention. And within three, five minutes, everybody in the bar had moved forward, moved to like the seats, sat down and, and was watching the play and quiet and listening to the play. Whoa, cool. And, and it, it, exactly, it was like, w- like, what is this? What's going on here? Yeah. You know, we, that, was, that was us and the groundlings, you know, that like Shakespeare, or, you know, Shakespeare's how we're taught about the globe, yeah. you know, fighting for the groundlings. Uh, um, and I never had an experience that f- genuinely felt like that than that night. And really that night changed a lot of my perspective about, okay, they're listening. We've got, you know, this is how hard we have to fight for them to listen. 
And um, we produced a handful of plays at that bar, full productions. You know, they never anticipated it to be a full production until we like load in. We're like, all right, so here's our set. Here's all of our costumes. And they're like, oh, okay. We thought you're going to do some skit thing. Um, You know, charge $5, $6, you know, at first to get people in. Ran, you know, a handful of productions at that bar until the bar, uh, you know, eventually closed. And then we've just been hopping around bar to bar and breweries and, and makeshift spaces. And so what that has to do with getting younger people in is that if, if people are already at this bar or they already know that they're going to be, you know, going to a bar and they know they're already going to be spending a $5 cover for some band that they're not going to listen to, yeah. you know, and spend $40 at the bar on drinks all night, they already know that they're doing that. So, so we're going to do that there. We're going to yeah. do that where they're at. Yeah, it's about um, going to them. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. And realistically, producing something that they didn't expect to enjoy, that they didn't expect that they would listen to. So, you know, I, I feel like we're, we're constantly, like, finding, you know, surprising ourselves um, and surprising, hopefully, the audience. Yeah, hopefully the yeah. audience. Yeah. So that was, that was a little question... And it took no. uh, nine, 12 turns. No, it was great. It was great. This is this leads me into. So I have one question that mm-hmm. I make sure to ask every single one of my guests. Uh, and it's a big ambiguous question. So please sure. feel free to answer. <laughs> yeah, answer it uh, however you please. But the question is, um, what is your artistic direction? Mm. What is my artistic direction? I want to create impossible work. Nice. I want to create a home for artists to uh, to not be perfect but to be explorers mm-hmm. and and to chase those impossible dreams like we really are not i i don't care as much if we make something that shines and and looks good and sells every ticket in the house that we don't care about or that we feel maybe unchallenged by or unfulfilled by or or like we compromised yeah what you know what we want to make i don't really i'm not as concerned about that as like did we did we do we take big risks yes good let's continue to do that so how do you, how do you as a small theater like entity is a word that I've been mm-hmm. using a lot. With I'm assuming like I'm assuming no one in your company is particularly wealthy. Or, oh no no no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah no we're like nobody here is on is is making their living working for a homegrown theater. Yeah. You know we are constantly putting in efforts to get closer and closer to that. Um, Jamie, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, our managing director and myself are getting a little bit closer to that. Um, you know, we, we get professional acting work, um, about six months out of the year elsewhere. So we're, we're trying to figure out, okay, if we're doing six months elsewhere, that can sustain us. How can this sustain us? The other 
the other six months, excuse me. Yeah, I guess how do you um how do you push the impossible hmm. works with a relatively low budget? Imagination. <laughs> we we uh yeah for real we it's awesome. Yeah. We have um early on we adopted a rule. <laughs> our our three P's of spectacle: how we accomplish impossible things. Maybe it's maybe it's even four. It used to be three. Maybe now it's four. Projections, pantomime, and puppetry. Nice. Um, the fourth new one might be poetry, but okay. but that's yeah. that's that's new. That's something we're new yeah. to adapt to. But but really, you know, we've got uh, we work with a lot of pretty incredible multimedia artists. Um, so so we've you know we almost always have projections in our productions, um, extended, um, like forced perspective backgrounds. Sometimes we've, we've experimented a lot with it. Sometimes it's really literal and like, and we try to even like get like the, the ratio, you know, of the image. So it looks almost like a photograph, you know yeah. what I mean? Where yeah, like, I like, um, and, and sometimes it's a lot more abstracted. Um, we've used like a comic book style. We've used a lot of, um, we've used a lot of filmed shadow puppetry while doing live shadow puppetry and like contrast them together. It's, uh, yeah. So, and, and so that's the, the projections, uh, pantomime, you know, you you hold up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't. You know, we we did a produ- production where we were being chased by a bear, and like four of us actors like ran in place, yeah, I love and that. like everybody's like everybody in the audience like, uh huh, that's, yeah. that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. So like small example, uh, and then and then puppetry, we've all, you know, uh, puppets are in nearly all of our productions. Cool. Um, we started incorporating puppetry at that puppet show that I mentioned that has be- become a cornerstone of our, of our company and, That's awesome. and something that people really look forward to. And we're the only company, I think in like in, in Idaho, as far as in, unless there's any like secret ones yeah. um, who, who are consistently, exploring puppetry on the level that we are like we're we're not only is it every production but we we have an annual puppet show that we do every year nice um and it's it just grows and grows and grows like the amount of puppets that we that we we build for that and are, are putting on stage you know? uh, that's cool did, did the puppetry come did the puppet just happen to be in that first show and then at where you were like oh it works or did did was there like a group fascination with puppets <laughs> so uh so yeah, the the bar booker um, asked us to come in. He liked puppetry. He wasn't expecting this kind of puppetry at all, and we we called that the horrific puppet affair. And um, it was two short one act plays. I think the I think the whole hour contribution was like forty five minutes, maybe maybe a little bit more. I don't remember, but I that was about the time that I had or I inherited the company a little bit after that time and was like, okay, so what are our upcoming productions going to be? Well, we have to make the puppet affair, the horrific puppet affair, an annual event. And we have to make it a, like an actual production. Um, so we called a bunch of uh, local playwrights, have them each contribute a 10, you know, 10, 15 minute puppet play, some choreographers, some filmmakers, and, uh, and everybody 
and we, you know, have a host that threads the evening together and we like went, you know, all out and, and we do it every year. Our audiences grow, you know, you know, double nearly every year. That first one we did like three performances and then, and then last year was our fifth year doing that production and we had to do uh, 10 performances. Nice. So yeah. 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 That's (laughs) awesome. That's awesome. Uh, How big is homegrown theater? Homegrown theater, um, it kind of varies from production to production. Um, each production is about, we employ about 15, uh, okay. 15 to 25 local artists. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the Homegrown started with a group of peers from uh, Boise State University? Correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, so so how, how, is it, how is it taking the leadership role in a group of peers? Because that sort mm. of sets you in this strange place sure. above them. No, I don't. Yeah, not, not above. above sure, sure, sure. I, I phrase that um, yeah. Um, I mean, everybody's super, super on board. Like when we're when we're making things, it's it's super collaborative. Like yeah. like every every voice has to be a force. You know what I mean? Every voice has to have equal footing. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times we'll be working a moment, and you know, somebody will be like, "I just don't get this." You know, <laughs> what is this? that gesture what is what is that okay let's let's examine it oh you're right this this gesture might be pulling or might be telling a different story so uh as far as far as uh you know administration stuff goes jamie and myself you know really do a lot of the brunt you know the brunt work. I don't know if I'm using that word correctly. Brunt yeah. work. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we do, we do um, a lot of that kind of s- stuff. And then, um, you know, we've, we've shrunk a little bit uh, as far as the, the day-to-day administration stuff. Um, we, we every now and then will have what we call Avengers meetings. We like to fashion ourselves like the Avengers a lot. Um, (laughs) We'll have these Avengers meetings where we'll just, you know, collect in somebody's living room and all of our artists who want to be a part of that, you know, actors, um, writers, designers um, who want to be a part of that can attend, excuse me, and be like, cool, so what are we all interested in doing next? Here's, excuse me. Um, I got the hiccups now. Here are the ideas that like Jamie and I have. Here are some things that we've been talking to some people about. What do you all think? What do we What do we want to do? And in that regard, you know, you know, somebody'd be like, "Well, I've got this idea for a fundraiser. I've got this idea for this thing." It's like, cool. So you're gonna head that up. Cool. Here, you know, how we're gonna figure those things out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, do you ultimately decide what shows you're going to? to end up doing how is that decision process sure so it's a little odd right now because we made a decision a few years back we had here's the thing about being in a Matic theater (laughs) planning a season when you don't have a permanent home is is so difficult and and we had um, a a friend of ours um, was working for a local venue company um, or a venue and they were expanding they were making a new venue and they were going to this venue is going to focus on on theater and performing arts and so we you know we had a brief summer three month period of time where we were selecting our plays based on what we based on thinking that we had a home 
Um, so we decided that we weren't going to do a season model model. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One year, whatever. We're going to do what we call the phase model, right? Again, okay. very heavily inspired by, by Marvel. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> we decided that we were going to announce the, the uh, nine plays that we were going to produce over a 20-month period of time at you know, this said venue. Um, so, so we announced those plays. There are a few holes in it, you know, like, oh, you know, well, August of this year, we don't know what we're going to produce, but we'll, we'll produce something, yeah. you know, or, or in February of this year, um, we know there's going to be an original play by one of our playwrights, but we don't know what it is. So yeah, that fell through. Um, the venue <laughs> fell through. I know. <laughs> um, but but because you know because we announced those titles we've been we've been slowly working our way towards producing those titles yeah we made that decision all collaboratively um that we wanted to try the phase and and i think it stemmed from us having too many ideas at our season conversation like what do we want to do this season well oh my god we just have all these big ideas and how do we incorporate them it's like well how about instead we announce everything that we plan on doing and um, and that way, you know, that way we were we were hoping they would allow us to have a little bit closer communication with our yeah. audience, with our like here are our long term plans rather than, you know, hey, we've got a we've got a play. When is it next week? Mm-hmm. Come on down, you know. So, so, so did the whole phasing thing fall through or did just the venue fall the through? The venue fell through. We're still working our way. We we dropped the untitled or the okay. the, the uh, plays that didn't hadn't been announced and we are we're still working towards we've got like two more, you know, plays out of those that, that we said we would produce that we're we're working towards producing. Yeah. So if there's someone else listening who's thinking about starting up their own independent, you know, fringe, whatever, mm-hmm. wh- whatever word you want to put on it, um, a theater company, what piece of advice would you have for them mm. starting off right off the bat? I would say listen to every person, whether that's, you know, a fellow artist, um, actor, designer, technician, or community member, you know. And not just the community members who know the theater world inside out, but but people who who are removed from that. Like ask your gardener, ask yeah. you know, ask ask somebody who's never been to a play before, and listen and bend over backwards for every favor, every favor that is that is being granted or, or given. You know, a lot of things will get you a lot of places, but I think. I think gratitude has to be one of the 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 most expensive commodity. I don't know what, what am I looking for. Yeah, um, gratitude yeah. is 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 so valuable. And and really, you know, really like anyone at Homegrown has has been able to succeed because you know we've leaned on each other. We've leaned on you know other resources in the community other theaters, you know, you know, we're the new young guys, but, but we've learned everything that we have to learn, you know, from, from BCT and from ISF and from, you know, you know, not just our, our training at BSU, but, 
but really from watching these other companies grow and, and being able to, you know, part, you know, grow with them, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. We stand on the shoulders of giants, is something we <laughs> like to say. Yeah, and that's, I've, I've always looked at it as the, um, the training that you receive in college feels like getting you ready for the the quote-unquote real world oh boy (laughs) yeah but being yeah being in the real world is the one that is is how you get ready for it our college training at bsu was really exceptional for when we're in rehearsal when we're in the room yeah like i i feel so prepared from the (laughs) tools that i received at bsu But getting jobs, yeah, that's a different story. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's something that, you know, I talk to BSU grads all the time, near and far, and they're like, I don't know how to, you know, yeah. how to get hired. <laughs> yeah. That's... And it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah, that's part of the, I mean, it's, it's not, it's strangely seen as not essential in a lot of theater departments, but it's so essential. It's, it's so the essential, first step. yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, and they, they broadly say, you know, Everywhere is like, oh, network. You got a network. It's like, okay, what, is that? what does that actually mean? Yeah. <laughs> How do I do that? How do I introduce myself to a person? <laughs> I'll return that question to you. How, how do you? How do you effectively network if you're if you're? Oh, I network. Yeah, or just like I, I guess in general, but yeah, you specifically. Oh boy, you know I. How do I network? <laughs> oh, I. Uh, you know I just I just. <laughs> I try to, I try to be my, I don't know. I, I felt like, you know what I noticed of myself is for, for a long time trying to network is I would try to be the person that they would want me to be. Yeah. And maybe I'm not the best person to give good advice to this question. No, that's fine. Because I think as I'm getting a little bit older, I'm just like, I'm just going to be myself. My terrible, cranky, scowly, yeah. you know, pissed off <laughs> self. And, and if that's what they're, you know, if that's what they're looking for, then, you know. Yeah. And maybe it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Matt Clark and Dwayne Blackaller of the uh, of Boise Contemporary mm-hmm. Theater was, I mean, we, we were literally sitting in a theater about to watch a play and you were one... You yeah. were one row back from me, and I was talking to them about about this. And he was like, and Matt was like, "There's a uh, there's an artistic director right there." He pointed to you, and so like that that's network. Mm-hmm. He he knows who you are because you've done you've done. I remember that. I, I I I heard him. I saw him point to me and say that, and I thought he was making a joke. I was yeah. like, what's going on? Yeah, but, no, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's interesting because that's yeah. I feel like networking is this weird. It's one of those words that has a lot of things placed on top of it, yeah. um, because it's, I think it's just being like being grateful is a huge like if if you work with someone and they can tell that you're grateful mm-hmm. for the opportunities that mm-hmm. like you're providing each other, I think that's a form of networking. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and 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 really, as as you know, as we continue to make more and more things, and I I feel like we all become a little bit closer like like we're already friends but now we're becoming better friends and that's great and and sometimes that's not always the the truth i'm like oh cool i just want to like work with the artists who are also my friends and like what what better life than to than to do that and to continue you know meeting new people and making new friends in that kind of regard so Yeah. yeah have you found um the professional aspect of the theater a weighing on the friendship aspect or vice versa. You know what? Sometimes every now and then, you know, we, we 
do find ourselves in a tricky position. Everybody just wants to make the work the best that yeah. it is. Yeah, for you sure. know what I mean? And and I I think early on, like in college, you, you know, like I, I can think of a few times where the work was more important than friendship or whatever. Yeah. And and you know, like I want this choice. And 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 that's important. But I, th- I think that, like, certainly now, I think certainly any of us will, f- will fight tooth and nail for a choice if we think it's the best one and then still go get beers afterwards because yeah. we're, like, you know, we're, we're still friends. Like, yeah. like we, can, <laughs> we can disagree with what's being put on stage or whatever, but, but we also honor that we're all smart creative people yeah you know and and that we respect each other so yeah and yeah differing perspective is yeah. literally only differing i can't at i can't point. think of a time in recent years where like i've lost a friendship over over um a disagreement yeah um an artistic disagreement but but i can from college <laughs> <laughs> whoops yeah we, we won't we won't <laughs> Um, I, I, so I'm also interested in the roles that people play in this. Mm-hmm. So, when, so you, there's playwrights, there's actors, there's directors. Do, how how much of an overlap? Do, do the playwrights only wear the playwright hat, or their playwright and then actor and then? Frequently, frequently do our artists wear multiple hats. Okay. Um, I myself have been in an, a playwright and an actor in. Um, in productions I won't I won't also I've, I've said before like I'll, I'll do two out of three things like I'll either I won't write direct and perform in something that's that's too yeah. heavy that is too um, much. I agree, I agree. <laughs> um, that's that's too close you're looking at the sun too closely yeah. also it's hard to um, direct and act at the same time yeah uh, yeah like, I've seen it happen I've done it um, a handful of times Jamie's really encouraging uh, of she's like sometimes She's like, no, if that's how you want it, just just do that. <laughs> just also direct it. Um, but but I don't think I uh, I don't think I will do all three. Um, a lot of us are writers and actors. A lot of us are writers and directors. Um, I I tend to, um, especially for the puppet the puppet shows. If I've written something, I'm also going to direct that thing. Yeah. And then and then we have a handful not a handful. We've got a lot of actors who are just actors. And then we've got a handful of playwrights who are just playwrights. Nice. So that's yeah. great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that seems like a healthy mix of uh-huh. of everyone. So we're a little bit past a half an hour right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything that we haven't talked about in terms of performance or artistic direction or a homegrown theater that you want to talk about? That I want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Other than like plugging things but yeah um, that's for the very end but, <laughs> yeah. oh there are there's a plugging section there's a, there's a plugging section yeah i don't know like started from the bottom now we're here um <laughs> uh, <laughs> started from the bottom now i'm still at the bottom you know yeah i don't know it'd be great to have a space and be great to have all sorts of you know income coming in and being able to pay artists full-time you know uh, employment, you know, those things will come. Yeah. But I think as long as everyone's like, they're all good people and excuse me, I got the hiccups again. Um, 
you know, we 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 have uh, this kind of like thought or or you know agreement in our company that that everybody here um, is a professional and and like we might we may not be profession we we may not be like making our full time salaries um, from this job but this isn't a hobby for anyone yeah. like nobody's doing homegrown theater uh, for fun yeah everybody here is working towards full time employment and and oftentimes for younger artists that doesn't happen yeah. overnight and we don't you know we don't want to get rusty so that's that's a thing. What steps do you think a younger playwright, actor, director, or really a younger person in the theatrical world, what steps can they start taking in order to put them in a position to potentially be doing it full-time in the future? Yeah. Dano Madden gave me one of my favorite pieces of advice as far as writing goes, playwriting goes. Uh, the, the first was... Well, I'll share two pieces. First was to set the bar so low you trip over it. Yeah. Just like write, 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 and don't judge yourself. And the second is to collect a hundred no's, you know, to be submitting your work so oh. frequently that you get declined 100 times. That's Because really within that 100 times, you know, you're going to get accepted. But if you live in a mindset that, like, it's not the perfect thing, it's not ready, who knows, blah, 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 I'm only going to send my perfect work out then you're going to be you're not going to be sending out work frequently and yeah, exactly actors go audition for you know nearly everything don't accept everything um, if it doesn't seem like it's a good fit i think a lot of times young actors can get put into uh, you know roles or companies that are taking advantage of your youth <laughs> yeah you know just 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 be smart about that um but audition your butt off directors talk to anyone you can about directing a reading directing a small thing try to get try to just work that there are a lot of organizations around um that do you know like like self-training um i know i know there's at least three or four groups here that do like self you know actors training kind of groups um like if you're a director go to those like sit on the outside and mm -hmm. see something that could be stronger like is it you know share that if you know if that's the appropriate you know the appropriate venue to um just just get a group of actors and just run some you know run some scene works or or, or you know if you want to self-produce then yeah call up your pals <laughs> Yeah, that's another uh, a piece of advice I've received is that if you wait until you're ready, you'll never do anything original. Yeah, uh, which is interesting, and that's mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the the overarching thing of all of those is that you, you are ready right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not ever going to be that perfect person that mm -hmm. you envision mm -hmm. yourself to be in the future. Which is all, yeah, great. Like we <laughs> like our like our brains. I love our brains. Um, <laughs> they, they can you know, they can change and they can grow. And that's something we know. And 
and like, don't wait for that to happen. Start, you know, I've, I've read some of my older work that I'm just like, oh my, I mean, everybody has, you know what I mean? Yeah. Every writer has like picked up the old notebook and is like, gee, what was I Christ, doing? What was I thinking? <laughs> why, um, why didn't I quit then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I put this, you know, I put this on page and then put it in front of people, but like you have to, yeah. you know, like, like you don't know your, you know, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I got to say about you that. You have to. Um, yeah. So uh, if there are plugs, are, mm-hmm. are there any plugs? There's going to be, there's a pretty substantial backlog that I have right now. So this isn't going to be coming out in the next few. Like, cool. It'll be like maybe like three months from now. Great. Great, great, great. Out. I bet um, at that time I will have have grown and be like, why did I say any of those yeah, things? Yeah. <laughs> my, my opinions uh, are so changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But are there, so if someone's looking for Homegrown online or if someone's mm-hmm. in the Boise area uh, and you know, wants to see a show or maybe even wants to get involved, is there any way that you can uh, find that? Find us on Facebook. Um, Facebook is our uh, our best tool for communication right now. Um, our website is in the works. Is there an address to the website? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it is um, hgtboise.org. Uh, and if you don't see, I would, and, and look for Homegrown Theater on Facebook, Homegrown, one word, theater, R-E. And if you don't find that, I will, I, if you don't find Homegrown Theater online, I'm, I'm just going to say we are, we are rebranding in, in the Ooh. near future. Ooh. We haven't settled on whether it's going to be yet. Okay. Um, we also haven't. I'm like, well, we haven't announced that yet. Yeah. Um, but by the time this goes up, it, it'll, pro- it'll obviously be announced or we'll be in the process of it. Yeah. But we'll hold on to, I, I bet we'll hold on to both websites. So if okay. you go to hgtboise.org, it'll direct you yeah. to our new our new identity. Yeah. When this goes out, I'll try to remember to message you and be like, is it still over yeah, cool, or, cool, is cool, it, cool. Yeah, or is it? Um, awesome. Uh, and then I, I like to end with this. Can I get one recommendation from you of anything at all? Anything at all? Yeah, like a book or a movie or like a, a quote, a way of life, like anything. Anything at all. Just something you're interested wow. in right now. What are my favorite things to recommend? Oh wow! This is this is yeah. wonderful. Yeah. This is <laughs> what a great big uh, bag of choices. Yeah. I well, here's what I'll say. I I've been thinking a lot lately about there's there's this video game that I played called Gone Home, and it's I think it's like ten twenty bucks something like that. It's a little indie game on um, horror game. Nice. On um, I think PlayStation and Steam. Um, and it tells a story in a way that's unlike anything else in the world. I think mm. it's it's one of those great examples of um, a piece of art taking full advantage of its medium. Like you, you, this that story cannot be a book, cannot be a film. It cool. can only be something that's discovered tangibly with your hands. Um, it's called Gone Home. I guess that's the one cool. thing. And and also cool. like corn dogs. And also, you know, like cats, yeah. like bats, cats. Oh, cats! cats. Oh, I, thought you were like, bats. I will always recommend cats. Yeah, if yeah. given the option, 
to recommend anything, I will recommend cats. Yeah. I didn't, though. I said two other things yeah, you, first. You said, I mean, that was a, your third thing. <sighs> so you still recommended it. I, okay, that's good. Uh, anyways, okay. Uh, you can find this podcast on iTunes and Facebook and SoundCloud. And listener, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have an excellent rest of your day.